All right, Paul, let's start recording. One, two, on go, on, on, on three. One, two, three, go. God damn it. What you said? <laughs> you son of a bitch. This is going to be a, uh, I, I don't even know how to start this, but what I'll say is um, there's like a trend going around of celebrities doing documentaries so in the last two to three months i've gone in this hole where i've now watched and it's hard to actually find the name of them uh because i am to be sucked but i watched just recently just this week i watched pamela a love story which is the documentary about pamela anderson i watched selena gomez me and my mind i watched um jonah hill's documentary called i think it's called just called stutz it's about his therapist have you guys Stutz? seen Stutz? Yeah, I definitely did not uh, know Jonah Hill had a documentary. And then, the, obviously, the one that like I've talked about a fair bit on the show, I keep going like that was good. You should see it. Is the Val the Val Kilmer right? one? Yes, right, right. So, um, by the way, um, Nish, what's your kid's favorite song? I think it's they, Eye of the Tiger. They, they really like that Top Gun soundtrack. I was I was gonna That's say so- it, and you beat me to it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, are these are these all actual documentaries, or are they like? dramatization biography nope. movies no, no no they are all documented but they're documentaries but, th- but they're documentaries that are that are kind of like sort of produced by the subject right a little bit yeah like 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 um, these documentaries that kind of like i don't want to say they're like not true because i think they are but they are very much done from a certain point of view yeah well it's it, very interesting it, the one that's way. a little different is this stutz one by um, okay by Jonah Hill, because he basically tries to. Um, so I'll tell you about that one first. That's that's kind of different, um, but um, and it's my least favorite of, of the bunch, actually. All right. Um, he has a therapist and decides that his therapist is like this has this genius set of tools that have helped him get better in life, and he decides that he wants to share those tools with the world. And it's basically a long form interview with this therapist. Um. And it's interesting. The guy is cool. He's got Parkinson's, so I think his health is declining. And he's decided that, like, he really wants to just, like, share this info out there. Uh, midway through the movie, at some point, they just, like, you could tell the chemistry is just not coming across on film. And midway, like, literally midway through the movie, it's like a record. Like, and he stops it. And he Jonah Hill, you know, he's an actor in real life. So he's got different roles. His weight is fluctuating all over the place. But this to film this documentary with his therapist, like, it's a years long thing where they're filming it, but it, they, they try and set it as if it's just in one room, one long conversation. So the, the record screech moment is Jonah Hill like pulls off of a wig. He's like, all right, this is like totally the point of this was to be like, have a documentary that was really authentic about you and how awesome this is. And it just feels fake and bullshit. And immediately where it flips is then the therapist is like, well, yeah, but like, that's not what I do. I don't talk about myself. Like I, I, I therapize people. So, and then it flips and becomes basically about Jonah Hill and like, you know, his therapy sessions or whatever. And honestly, it was a way more interesting documentary when we were talking about his therapist. Cause some of his, like the way he looked at the world was very, very different than typical therapy. Was this, was it a bit or was, did it do that thing that a lot of documentaries do where it's like, Oh, we think it's about this, but it's actually about this other thing. No, it was clearly just not fucking working. Like Jonah Hill had decided, like, I'm going to make a documentary because this shit is easy and I want to put out content and the, the message I want to share is that important. And it was just not working. Hmm. 
then this seemed to be their hail mary audible to me to be honest, it was it was actually working and and they got it wrong so what about what do you it? mean that, that that it got worse once they flipped yeah. Yeah, way worse. So what? Really what care. At that point, like, well, all right. So the juxtaposition compared to the other documentaries is like, well, the other three, what makes them interesting is they're like origin stories, right? And the first, like, they're probably all about you know ninety minutes long ish, and you basically start off with these three people that have just have an inordinate amount of film on them from the time that they're all teenagers or younger. And the first hour is kind of the origin story of them. And that's really the difference, kind of the two, where this one, no origin story on Jonah Hill. And now midway through the movie, we get a lot of the origin story on Stutz. And it's great. And he's a very different type of therapist where he's, um, he's, he tells you what to do. He's like, these are the things you need to do versus like normal therapy, which is like, how do you feel about that or whatever? That's just not his, that, that's not his jive. So every time you say, yeah. every, every time you say he's a different kind of therapist, I keep thinking you're going to like pitch us like a show. Like it's like, <laughs> like, it feels like a commercial. It's like, he's like, he's, he's a like, different house. kind of therapist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this week on Fox. Yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. He uses therapy to solve crimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can recommend Stutz. Um, I watched the first half. I found the the character and the um, the therapist really interesting. I thought Jonah Hill was like fine, just just like fine. And it, it was it's weird because if you look at the the box cover art, the the, the cover art on um, it's a Netflix movie. It's mm-hmm. it's got a lot of Jonah Hill on there, right? Right. So you think, oh, this is going to be a documentary with Jonah Hill, and I'm used to seeing the origin stories and whatever. So. I don't know. Hard pass. All right. Um, the other what's it, what's it called? Stutz. I think it's just called Stutz. Are you sure that's what it's called? No. <laughs> Google. Okay. I just can't find anything called Stutz with Jonah Hill in it. Just Google Jonah Hill documentary Netflix. Because I, I mean, can't I can't fucking find anything on IMDb anymore. Yeah, it is Stutz. S T U T Z. Who knows? Stutz. Why, why is it not on IMDb? Because I couldn't find the other one, the Pamela, a love story on IMDb either. Is there something about IMDb where they don't put documentaries on there anymore? Or Netflix movies on there anymore? I do think there's something about IMDb where it sucks now. Oh, it definitely sucks So now. there is that. Um, of the other three, my favorite was the Pamela Anderson one. Okay. And I really and I really like the Val Kilmer one quite a lot, but my favorite was the Pam Anderson one. Hmm. Um, with her, man, um, it's really interesting. Like this is a person we grew up with, and I I don't know how you guys felt about her, but she was like larger than life when I was a fourteen year old boy, and I was like, holy shit, this is an alien. Um, but there's just so 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 much film on her. I'll be honest, and I I um. I liked her on Home Improvement the most, probably, when she was a full-time huh. girl. On Baywatch, yeah. I was always more of a Nicole Eggert guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. She was so goddamn famous on Baywatch, though. Sure. Like they, yeah. they, they, you know, with a documentary, you could kind of dive in on one person. And the amount of just not just like, it was the number one. I, I didn't know. It was the number one show in the world while it was on. Because basically, they just took Pam Anderson and were like, okay put her on every TV on the planet and pretty much universally looked at as this like absolute goddess of a human being. Yeah. 
And it was also, it was like, I mean, it was syndicated to hell and it was like, I feel like it exported really well as just like, it's like, this is like dumb American escapism. Like they're on a beach, it's lifeguards and like, you know, it's like pretty people basically. I feel like that played very well overseas. Like, like it translated in well in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Well, the funny thing is she's very self-aware. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in this movie. The reason that this movie came out is um, it's a person that has been marketed and made a lot of money for a lot of other people and has been taken advantage of time and time and time again by people she was with, whether it be boyfriends, husbands, whatever, as well as like studio execs, as well as um, just people that have felt the right because she was like dumb and hot to just like do terrible shit. You know, her... I didn't know that that sex tape that came out, which was like the original like celebrity sex tape. Right. Um, they were doing renovations in their house, and her and Tommy Lee were very much in love. And there's so much film on them that they showed in the in the documentary. And you can and she's watching it right, and you can tell she's still sad about it. She looks at him as the love of her life, and um, they had a gun safe and they had a cup like some private things in there. And that safe was stolen at some point during that construction over a six month period. And then it was mailed to them and said, Hey, do you want to buy this from us or we'll pay you $5 million if you allow us the rights. And they said no. And it still just got leaked right. anyways. Hmm. Not only that, the crazy thing is um, they went to court to try and sue the, the studios that got it. This was like when the internet was just becoming a thing. So they were like, well, it's a VHS. Uh, and, and then it ended up all over the internet, but, um, they didn't get a penny for it. Nothing. It just got stolen. And that company was legally able to just distribute it all over the world. Like talk about like invasive and yeah. terrible. And that, that more or less like that was kind of the end of her career. She has not been in much or anything since then, really. And the reason this movie was made, interestingly enough, is there's a show on Hulu called Pam and Tommy that they didn't ask or get any fucking permission of her to make. And they basically Mm -hmm. were telling her story again, not in her own words. And that's why she released this. And I thought it was really, really, really good. It's just the story about a person who is um, definitely an optimistic human being, definitely believes in love as probably a little gullible when it comes to that. But um, is always looking on the positive side of things, and the byproduct of that is she's really gotten, you know, hosed <laughs> as sure. a Canadian, wicked hosed uh, a number of times in her, a number of her times in her life and her career. So, I was just looking at um, at Baywatch, and I would have thought, I, I mean, I watched Baywatch like everybody kind of did, but I I wouldn't describe myself as a big fan or anything. I would have thought that she was like the rock of that show. She was in less than half of the episodes. Yeah, yeah, because she left on the earlier side, right? And hmm. didn't join till season four. I didn't realize any of that. I, that part I didn't realize either. Or maybe three, three or four, yeah. something like that. Yeah, the I mean, show she... started like in '89, and she joined in '92. And I wouldn't be surprised if the show toiled in obscurity before that. Right? Who were the people back in like the first two seasons? I mean, Hasselhoff, of course. Well, yeah, but. Yeah, it's a good question. Think, like, I don't also, even there know. was the woman with the short brown hair that was kind of oh, yeah. she was like she the was, captain or whatever. Yeah, but she, she was but, a but, bunch but, of episodes. Yeah, but she was she overlapped definitely, right? Uh, um, Alexandra Paul knows her name. And she was in like all the episodes. Yeah, she was in a lot of them. 
uh, let's see. Like I remember, like I just can't remember when some of these people were on. I also, you know, I don't know about you guys. Like, did you, did you watch watch Baywatch? Like, did you watch it every mm. week when it came on? Like, I feel like <laughs> well, the fun. Here's a funny thing: is like even in the documentary, she talks about it. She's like, "Look, this is a show intentionally designed where you could watch it with the with the sound off." Right. Yeah. Like it. That's why she's like, "I believe it was so successful internationally because like it didn't matter what we were saying." Right. It just didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I feel like I only ever like you know it would just randomly be on. You'd be flipping channels. You'd be doing something else. You'd end up. I'd end up watching like a commercial breaks where like you know it's like between commercial breaks worth of an episode or like the last 20 minutes or like you know it's like there was a couple of these shows dude back then where it's like the the concept of like sex cells just became like let's push the boundary of sex cells like married with children for sure this show like all the things going on in mtv i've been watching some i've been watching some 90s television lately and like it is crazy what people put up with that like <laughs> just like wouldn't fly on TV today. It's just like we're going to show episodes out of order and we're going to like just recast people and not say anything about it and like I know Amp characters Jones. are just going to disappear and you're never going to see them again and we're not going to say anything and it's that's just right. like wow. Um so that's that one. The Selena Gomez one was um uh, I believe an Apple one. I think it was not um not Netflix and same thing. Um, as far as like long, long, long backstory, but, um, you know, the Pam, the Pam one ended with like kind of the last 15 minutes or 10 minutes of like what she's doing now, which she, uh, uh this past June, she, um, starred in Chicago for a, a limited run in the city. She oh. played, um, Roxy and apparently did a great job. Um, it sold out like crazy. Um, Selena Gomez, um, little heavier topic because she just had some some mental health issues and then some some issues with um lupus i believe yeah i don't know she 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 had had auto autoimmune yeah she had a kidney transplant like me yeah so um hard to watch at times because you there's just this, this is a person that's had a camera on her almost every waking hour from the time she was a child until present so there is just so much footage and you see her go from unhealthy really skinny to not really skinny to having mental breakdowns to the highs and lows um of dealing with whatever she has going on with with her mental health condition and it basically follows her trying to find home base and go through that or it's it, it feels a little awkward to watch um i'm not i like her as an actress but i don't know really anything about her as a musician apparently she's fucking huge oh yeah did you ever go to one of her concerts too, Nish? Like like the Britney Spears? No, past my time. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would have if you know if I was in college at that time. You know, I'm curious if this one would have landed for me more, like, or if the Pam and Val Kilmer one landed for me more because when I was growing up, right, they were people I watched. Yeah, a whole like lot. you had an actual connection to them. Yeah, so I think I don't, you know, obviously biased. Um, I wasn't that connected to Val Kilmer, and that's how I know it was really good. Um, and for what it's worth, how connected you'd be to Pam Anderson other than being like just drooling 14 year old boy. Um, but I don't think that Selena one was a very good, I, I, I don't think it was a very good documentary. Um, 
Why not? Because I just never really, yeah, I just never really got hooked. I never found the subject. I found the subject matter really sad and really hard to watch. I think that one was more, I think the other two stand on their own as really interesting subjects, uh, subject matters to watch. And that one in particular is more like an ode to somebody that's a big fan of hers. So if you're a fan mm-hmm. of hers, you're going to love it because it's just so much content and so much behind the scenes and so much footage. This is this is like hard, maybe hard for you to answer since, like you said, it isn't something that you necessarily related to. But do you think it would be relatable to someone who is kind of, I was going to say in her shoes, but I don't mean a star. I mean, like someone who is closer to her age and also has experienced mental health issues. Like, is it, is it the kind of thing where you can relate to that if, if you're going you through wish, your own stuff? You wish, but like there's times where like some of her challenges are not mental health. She's just like, I don't know what to do with my life. Like, I'll go to Africa and set up a foundation. And it's just like, okay, this is just not relatable. Right. Like, I'm so sorry you're so fucking rich you don't know where to park your money right now. And I'm sorry that makes you sad. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that is probably not something that most of her fans or anybody is going to be able to relate direct with you the the not knowing what to do with my life sure but not the sure what do i do with all the, a different all the money set of I have. yeah the other thing that you know i think it could have you know i'm gonna give them uh like here here's the one pass i'll give that movie is like very clearly in the middle of making it the pandemic happened mm. so she was in the process of i think that like you know that moment where pam did you know, Chicago, and this is what I'm doing with my life. And here's the positive note to end on. Mm. I think they were going to end on her starting a foundation in Africa. And then like it got cut because, uh, because nobody could travel. She couldn't get down there. They basically just like, so they had to like figure out how to wrap it up. So it, ra- it wrapped up pretty clunky. Got it. Yeah. That would make sense. Um, and if that one, I don't really like, you just need to watch this movie. Same thing, though. The thing that makes this one really interesting is he, he's just quite a bit older, right? And um, didn't know, but, like, family, like, uh, had some money, had some property, and, like, had some video cameras. And he and his brother were making films from the time they were, like, 8 and 10 years old. So, like, so much really classic old family footage. Uh, his brother passed away. It changed him substantially in life. So his brother but passed away the, when he was when he was when they were kids. When he was a kid, yeah. And um, you know, the other thing is um, what makes it very powerful, right? Is it's um, it's voiced by his son, who has a very similar voice to him. But there's a point where like he's talking, and you know, his voice sounds pretty fucking bad right now. Sure. Um, and it's the juxtaposition. It does not ruin it. It enhances it where you see such a young, healthy, good-looking dude that just, like, he was, I didn't realize, like, I don't know. He's easy to forget, like, what a powerhouse he was in and how many good movies he was in and kind of how good he was in all of them mm-hmm. until you're like, oh, and then there was Tombstone and there was Heat. And there, there's all those movies you're like, oh, shit, he was in that one and that one and that one and that one. Yeah. I always like, forget he's in heat, even though he's like the third lead. Like I always yeah. forget. Same. Um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember that movie. What movie did we watch? Was it Brick that he that he kind of showed back up in where he was gone for a while and then he, he showed back up? Oh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. No, Kiss Kiss, kiss Bang yeah. Bang. There you go. Those two movies I always I always confuse. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that one was that one was excellent too. Um, only like the 
so so here here's how I put it is like good storytelling in the Val one, really good connection with the character and the human being in the Pam one. Eh, the Selena one kind of teetered off and Stutz went off the rails like midway through as soon as we flipped to Jonah. So weird mini flicks to give you four documentaries. In one. It's kind of hard to talk about documentaries and review them, right? Well, especially a documentary that's like these kind of like celebrity documentaries or like just about, you know, I, I think there are documentaries that you could really talk about and review that are like that. that yeah, go I did a one on bodybuilding. Way. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. And that was good. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Interesting. So you really got into this real kick on celebrity documentaries. It wasn't on purpose. I just realized I'm like, what can I do a mini flicks? And I'm like, man, I've fucking watched a lot of these things are, in the last couple months. Are there any more of these? out there that you're like trying to that you're like ah, i should watch this i don't think so but i think what happens is they show up and i'm like well i guess i'll watch yeah, that fair whatever enough. did you see the um have you seen like what is it jvd or whatever um jcvd jcvd JCVD? yeah the, the not the documentary the the, the movie, movie right isn't it it's 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 a movie where he kind of plays it himself plays him, like a he plays like a version dude. of himself yeah. you and i saw that together at the angelica i didn't see it Oh, well, so it wasn't then, me. I haven't seen it. <laughs> saw it with somebody else at the Angelica. It was great. It was really, really good. Um, the other thing, oh, which no review here, but um, just just of note, um, the guys that do Drive to Survive have really spread out. There's a new one for tennis um, on Netflix, which is really what's it called? Um, uh, match point? Yeah, is that game it? point? Fucking breakpoint. Uh, breakpoint. Breakpoint. Yeah. And they're doing one on golf now too. And man, do they have that fucking the way they film sports? Dude, they got it down. They're so good. Well, I hope they get their fucking act together and drive to survive. <laughs> really? Is it off the? Is it off? Is it off the rails? The, the last season was terrible and oh. just full of misrepresentations and hyping up things that didn't actually exist and like missing big moments. And oh, really? Well, a lot of people are kind of pissed off about it and and. Including me, like if you watch the season and then watch the documentary, you're like, this isn't what happens. Huh. Maybe that's not what happened in the first three seasons. You just weren't a fan yet. It isn't possible. I I did not go back and watch all the racing from those first couple seasons. Yeah. So maybe I've been misled this whole time and didn't know it. Although you Break would think it. you would think if that was the case seriously that there would have been more people out there saying that, like people who yeah, were I fans think, would be would have been I think more that's vocal because right. that that first season seems like it was just pretty so good yeah and, and, yeah, and it came out of nowhere and, and i didn't hear anybody saying anything different even people who maybe like knew formally like like writers you know who like fought who like covered formula one were still saying that it was like oh yeah it's really good and really entertaining no i yeah. think that's right i think they just lost the plot a little bit mm. last last season breakpoint is um interesting i've watched the first two or three episodes um what's interesting about it is um you know, a lot of the greats are basically all retired this year. So there's just a new crop of young tennis players. But, like, Federer's gone. Venus is gone. Like, Nadal is still hanging around. But, like, he was injured for a while. Um, Djokovic couldn't play for a minute because he wouldn't get the vaccine, right? So he right. couldn't travel to a lot of countries. Year, so yeah. a lot of, a lot of young, young people kind of – I don't follow tennis. So who knows what's happened yeah. to them. But um, I do think a, like, lot, a lot of, like, young people that are interesting characters. I haven't – I haven't seen it, but like I read an article about it and the criticism they had about it, which may not a criticism exactly, but like kind of what they said was that it's like, you know, one thing with like doing the drive to survive thing for tennis is that it's like 
there's a lot you don't know about like the workings of an F1 team and about some of the drivers and stuff like that. Like tennis is an individual sport. You spend so much time on the court during the match that it's like there's less to like peel off and and see that like you wouldn't know. Maybe maybe it's different if you're not someone who regularly watches tennis, of course. But for anyone who does, mm-hmm. like it's like, well, yeah, like it's like mm. you you know if you, you know, follow I mean, well, I and I, these... I don't know if that's the case. I haven't seen it, but I'm just kind of saying like that was and I can I can see I that saw a couple thought. episodes. I mean, for me, my issue with that thing was, with that series was, it, it falls into the trap of like a lot of sports and reality TV show, which is like, it was so much of their family and personal life mm. and and a lot less of their professional life. Like the, where like, I like, like one of the things I love about Drive to Survive is like 99% professional life. Right. Um, it's about the and, driving. Yeah, and that's what I like. And I was hoping the tennis one would be like that too. And it's very much not like that for, I don't know why, but um, like my wife was speculating, it's because like they travel with their family a lot and yeah. their families are big parts of their lives. So it wasn't an interesting life. season. Like the matches might not have been that good. Could be that too. I don't watch tennis either, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like a reasonably interesting season. I do, at least the Grand Slam events. Like I pay decent attention to them. Generally, I watch them, you know, I mean, it's a little hard to watch the Australian Open usually because like the matches are like three in the morning. But um, I feel like it was it's it was reasonably interesting last year. I mean, like you said, like not having people for certain events, like like if, if, if we're talking about last season, which it sounds like we are like like Nadal won two events, which was like kind of a big comeback for him, like like after he had kind of just not been around for a little bit. And then there were a bunch of, uh, you know, new people, like you said, that that at least had the opportunity to shine. And it was like, and which was refreshing because it really has been kind of a stranglehold for years and years and years of, you know, of better uh, and Nadal and Djokovic. So, so I don't know if we're still on the show. I don't but know. If we're either. talking about reality TV. <laughs> I have, I have a recommendation for you guys. Right. Let's do it. Maybe you've heard of it, but it's a show on. I, I watched it on Peacock. It's called The Traders. Um, start and the host hosted by Alan Cumming. Oh, and, I have like, seen yeah. the ad. I have seen the ad for this. Yes. Okay, so so the, the the quick pitch of this show is it is basically I don't know if you've ever played the game Werewolf, um, where or vampires. It's got a couple of different names, but it's a game where like you sit around a table and, you, and there's like people are the vampires or whatever. And everybody puts their head down and the vampires lift their heads up and they vote to kill someone. And then everybody's got to figure out and vote somebody out of the game that they think is a vampire. So it's like mafia and, too, right? Like that's, that's like, like mafia. Yeah. yeah. There's, this is like a whole genre. Of game. Yeah. The game is, so traders is basically that, but the genius of the game is the show is two things. One it's in Scotland at, quote unquote, Alan Cummings Castle. I don't know if that's true, but that's what he says. <laughs> and Alan Cummings, somebody described it as Alan Cummings making a very serious attempt at the best reality show host ever, uh, where he is just unbelievably ridiculous and over the top and clearly having the best time of his life. And it's worth watching just for him. Um, but the also, the other genius part of the show is and I'm convinced this is on purpose. It's it's half reality stars, half regular people, but they picked people who are terrible at this kind of game, but think they are amazing at it. <laughs> <laughs> so people are constantly like, 
it, like this this person has to be a traitor or like and people are constantly like i'm going to be just manipulating everyone because i am so good at this and they're all wrong and terrible and bad and it's so much fun to watch them thinking they're great kicking ass and and like they're just voting people off and it's just like not a traitor not a traitor not a traitor and it's like how are we so bad at this <laughs> and it's then that's the fun of the game so definitely recommend checking Team it out Cacto. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was on TV. I, I I'm, 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 not, I'm, not I'm even looking sure. at the uh, at the cast of this right now. There really are like like you said, it's a lot of a lot of reality TV people for like half of them, like you said. Yeah, I mean, most of the people on there, I had no idea who they were. Um, I had never seen them before, but there was like Big Brother people and Survivor people and stuff like and that. Ryan Lochte for some reason is in this. Ryan Lochte's in it. Yeah. <laughs> And I see, Great show. I see Ari, Ari Lewandyke Jr. is in it, who was, he was the Bachelor one season. He's also, of course, the son of Ari Lewandyke. I don't know who Ari Lewandyke is. Wait, is he not F1? Is he, is he an indie racer? He's, he's a very famous race car driver. That's what I figured you guys would know. Mm-mm. Never heard of him. Fucking keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> Are you drinking a fucking Wendy smoothie? No, I'm drinking a Chick-fil-A <laughs> lemonade. <laughs> Well, definitely and, less sugar in that and it's a frosty i'll have i'll have you know this is a diet lemonade so it'll just give you cancer instead of diabetes exactly you gotta balance it out you know i get some of the cancer this time then i'll do the sugared one and cancer will go down diabetes will go up keep it, keep it perfectly in balance everything's perfect yeah. exactly your humors are balanced i'm, I'm invincible 